This week we're talking about indigenous people in the West. It is one of my very favorite topics. I love native people. I have some native ancestry. It's in my DNA, or at least it's in my mom's DNA. The rules of DNA say that like, it, it actually is complicated. And if you care, I can explain that to you a day that's not today. Um, I know that a lot of you have some native DNA in you also. Um, But it's just interesting. Like, it's super interesting. This is, this is some of my favorite stuff. Now, so today we're going to talk about the um, kind of in general, some of the things. We'll talk about some specifics also, US policy and whatnot. Tomorrow we're going to dig into the Bear River Massacre. And I know you've had other teachers tell you about it a little bit. Um, but you're going to learn new things from me. Bear River Massacre, I did my master's thesis on Bear River Massacre. If you don't know what a thesis is, it's like a 100 to 200 page paper. Yes. No, but now I'm tempted to make you. Just for asking that question. It's actually outdated now. Like, I would change it. I would, I would love to write a new chapter and update it and fix it. Um, no, so bored isn't the right word, because I really enjoyed it, because I like history. But I'll tell you, I was so sad at the end, after spending, because it took me like two years. I did interviews, I did all this stuff. After two years studying this massacre, like I will not read a book or watch a movie about the Holocaust or massacres or anything. And I did, when I went back for my master's in history, I instead wrote my thesis on the history of education because I thought it would be more fun. And it was not. It made me mad. Yeah. I dug a lot. It was a lot of work. But my point is I know this very, very well. So I can tell you things that other people don't tell you. I'm not trying to be cocky. Here's the other thing that you need to know, though. Tomorrow, Dr. Chris Babbitts is coming from Utah State. He is the professor who is in charge of all the concurrent enrollment for history from Utah State. So he is sort of my boss. That is absolutely why I chose that tomorrow, so I seem smarter. Good historical analysis right there. That's using the skills. Because I was like, so he, he's like, give me two days I could come. So I gave him one day. I don't remember which lesson it was. But I'm like, or the Bear River Massacre. And he chose that one. So I'm like, woo. So yeah, that's exactly why. Other than that, it should be pretty normal. Like, we're going to spend, we're actually going to spend a lot of time looking at historical memory, which we've done before so many times. Um, and I did suggest your class, because third hour just sits and stares at me, and you guys respond to me. <laughs> so yeah, those are the two cheater things I did, as I suggested the day. But I'm not giving a special lesson or whatever. I'm just. Um, no, actually, that's the worst. So Dr. Babbitts was a high school history teacher. And that's why they put him in charge of it, because he's like the only person over there who like, thought that that was awesome. Um, his special, speciality is something called intersectionality, which is where they look at more than one. You know how some people in the past got screwed? 
his specialty is people who got screwed twice. So like you were black and you were a woman and you lived in the 1800s. It was really extra hard for you. Yeah, so that's, that's his specialty. Um, he's a really cool guy and I think he'll really like you guys actually. So yeah, don't just be yourselves. Except for, <laughs> just be yourselves and he will like you and wish that he were here instead of where he is. Um, Are you trying to take his job? <laughs> no, I actually wouldn't want his job. No. I do, I do not have a PhD. I am not qualified for his job. Okay, but let's do today's lesson now then. I hope you don't say random dumb stuff like that. That's what worries me. You know that was your intention, Sydney. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk then, let's get some background to these native tribes and, and this kind of stuff. For starters, they called this, historians don't really use this term, but the general public used to use this term. Now they mostly don't know that it even existed. But back when they did, they called it the Indian Wars, late 1800s. So if they call it a war, what does that kind of imply? A lot of people died. Both sides fought. Why do you say it that way? It was a massacre. It wasn't a war. They were just trying to take as many lives as they could. Okay. Both good comments. What else? Actually, that's pretty. <laughs> you say something to say that you're. <laughs> oh, that's good. You guys are get the answer that I wanted you to get, but no, I just wanted to have this discussion that we're having right now. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, good. Yeah, so there, there's all of these implications that you guys just talked about are implied in this whole Indian War thing. And, and none of them are true. None of them are true. None of them are really the way, the way that it comes through. So first, of course, Indian's not a great name because it implies one nation versus another nation, and it's really not. But war is not a good name either. The reason I didn't say Indian's not a good name, because I thought it was really obvious. And, and while some of them prefer the term Indian, it's so confusing like you google indian you find a bunch of stuff about the taj mahal it's in india you guys knew this now i look like an idiot because i pointed <laughs> it out to you okay <laughs> so but why is war not a good name for it so here's the thing first of all fighting is, this isn't really a war like you show up and, and defeat the enemy the the fighting happened 
sometimes, and sometimes it wasn't happening. And, and it didn't happen spread over a wide area. It was really localized. Like you'd have this fight with this one tribe right here, and then you move on to the next thing. And it was often really, really brief. Like there'd be just one fight, and it was over. So you see this map. There's all these conflicts. Oh, look, I'm going to have a tomahawk and a rifle, which is so not accurate in like every way. Um, but it does create cool little images to mark these fights. But a lot of times, this was, this was like one day, and then it was over. Plus, this map sucks. Like, they're totally in the wrong places. But it's what came up with, and I was tired of Googling crap. So that's like the last image I found. The others are good. Here's the second reason war doesn't work. is It's not just a military defeat. It's also an economic defeat. What does that mean? How, do, how, how, would the, how was it an economic defeat? Good. Did you hear that? No? Okay. Because they crippled their way of life. Like, like they, they say they were a tribe that relied on, on bison or buffalo or whatever. Then the settlers come in. They destroy the bison. Now they can't live. Now this is, this is a hard thing. It's perfect. Last, it's a cultural defeat. Now, it doesn't mean that indigenous people don't have culture, haven't held on to any of their culture, but they've adjusted, they've had to change. If you wanted to live like an indigenous person from 150, 200 years ago, and you just show up, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to do it. Even if you had the knowledge to do it, it wouldn't work well. What are you going to do? Ride your horse over I-15? chasing a bison like it's not it's not going to work and so this cultural defeat is a is a thing too hey last define historical memory for me real fast hmm? how we remember things yeah does it have to be accurate it usually isn't. It seems that way. I've wondered. Like, I've wondered, do, if I did a survey, would I find that it usually was or was not um, accurate? I suspect you're right. I suspect we'd find that it usually isn't. Usually we think things that weren't true. So this is the reality versus historical memory. We tend to view these tribes as these completely isolated little groups, but they weren't. They were these big nations, as a matter of fact. So like the Lakota Sioux took up a big chunk of Nebraska, almost all of what's now South Dakota, and, and about half of what's now North Dakota. That is a country. That's bigger than most European countries. And it, so we tend to view them as these isolated little tribes because they had horses and, and bows, but they also had rifles. And yes, they had horses, but these, were, these are nations. So think of them almost more like countries with very different culture than what you've grown up with, but countries. Okay. I just, I had to choose an example. Your textbook uses this one. I like it. So it works. The, the Dakota War. Um, 
for starters, uh, they had discovered, so they, they'd, the Dakota live in what's now Minnesota. And so they're, they're doing their thing there. Everything seems lovely and whatever. I am recording. So, um, where was I? Oh, where, I just told you where they live and no, no other information that was actually useful. Is that right? Okay, good. Okay, so the Lakota live, um, live there. They're doing their thing. They discover that in the hills where they live, in the, in the Black Hills, there's gold. And so American settlers start to move in. And of course, we have some problems. As the natives' food is disrupted, and they're getting more and more hungry, they rely more and more on white traders. Like this guy, his name was Andrew Meinick. I You don't have to remember that. I probably got it wrong, as a matter of fact. But it's good enough. I'm pretty sure it's right. So Meinick was, he had two trading posts. When the natives would come to him, he started to refuse to trade with them. And when someone complained that the natives were starving, he said, if they're starving, let them eat grass. So, right, like, this is not going well. Now, this may shock you, but young people often make impulsive decisions. I, yes, I know. It's amazing. So four young Dakota dudes go off. They're hungry. They find this little homestead where this little family is, and they kill them and take their food and take their stuff and, and whatever. Well, when, when the American settlers find this, they're not happy at all. But I want you to picture this moment for, for a minute. So if we're the Dakota. The United States owns our land. They've been creeping farther and farther into our territory. Four young hotheads have gone and just murdered this family. What do we do? Kill them all, kill all the white people? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, yeah, we're the Dakota. We're the Dakota. What, what do we do? What? We punish the kids to try to, to force, maybe if we punish them, then we won't get overrun. Why? What problems are there with where we're sitting right now? Like, like what, what issues are there? How? What are we facing in this decision? We're in a lose-lose situation, why? There's a lot of racism, don't go that deep. Like, what are we gonna do? What, how come it's hard for us to come up with a solution to this? They're coming for us. Is the United States going to retaliate? Yes. Definitely. The US is going to retaliate, so 
that we can fight, we could run, or we could turn over these young men. If we turn over these young men, they might kill us anyway. So the Dakota, and this is a split decision, right? We learned about how native people make decisions. And so some are like, no, let's just let it go. Some say, turn them over. In the end, the majority says, let's fight. So the Dakota start to fight. They go into the place held by our lovely friend Andrew. They kill him and his whole family. They stuff grass in his mouth like, so there, jerk. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, they kill him. They kill about 31 people, men, women, children. They slaughter them. They kill some others. They find some military resources. They attack them. It's going fairly well. But of course, what's the advantage that the United States has over the Dakota? Size, resources, and power. So they're going to come. So in the end, they come, they round up a bunch of the native people. They put them on trial. It is a show trial. They find like 150 of them guilty of rape and murder and a bunch of other things that they probably didn't do. Uh, Abraham Lincoln hears about this, commutes all but 38 of the sentences. Says, you know what, you guys, we know they were probably innocent. Locals are incensed. They force the Dakota to move farther west so that they can have the land they wanted in the first place and, uh, in, and surround one of their camps and massacre a whole bunch of people. Yes. So yeah, that's that, that last question. He commuted the sentences. What that means is, you might be guilty, but I'm going to override what the court decided. Yeah. Here, here's the key things. The Dakota tried to fight back. It did not well go. It did not well go. It did not go well for them. It did not go well for them, and so they retaliated. Now, it's important that you understand that the United States is not, you guys know now, we have never been a good, solid country that made all its decisions together. The United States has never been that. It wasn't designed to be that. It was designed to be a country where we argue and we fight and we come to some kind of consensus and then we move forward. Right? So what we do, we argue, we fight, we come to a consensus. A lot of Americans back at the time did not approve of all this fighting, all this attacking Native people. And so Ulysses S. Grant tries to find a middle ground. President Grant, President Lincoln's dead, so now we're to Grant. Uh, so Johnson's gone. Now we're to Grant. Um, so he comes up with this peace policy. I want you to read it and answer the question on number nine there. Oh, number eight is just that they're different. People are different, and a lot of them support the natives. 
really all I want, like I see question eight as being like a true false question. Were almost all Americans supportive of getting rid of the indigenous people? And the answer is no, no, it was really divided. Okay, once you have that though, read this message and answer question nine. Okay, now, looking at question 10, what arguments did the natives come to? First, most indigenous tribes were hunters and gatherers. Remember this? In a hunting-gathering society, who hunts and who gathers? Women gather, men hunt. In traditional gender roles in the 1800s, who does the farming in, in white society? The dudes, okay, the men. Now think about this for a sec. So they're taking indigenous people and they are civilizing them as President Grant says, right? Air quotes, notice this, my finger quotes. Uh, so they're, they're teaching them to live like white people. What are they going to expect gender role-wise? They're going to expect the men to start farming. But in these indigenous cultures, who's going to be the farmers? Women. So write that down real fast. So the women are doing the farming. Now put yourself in the perspective of the men. Your job is to hunt. They don't let you do this anymore. So what do you do? Ella says nothing and then smiles. <laughs> like, men are useless. Oh. <laughs> That's what the, the white people thought. They, they, they put them on the reservations and they said, hey, now you need to live basically like us. They didn't even think there were such things as gender roles because you tend to not think about the gender roles of your own society. They seem pretty, pretty set. They don't even realize that they're asking the natives to switch. We're gonna have the men do what the women used to do and we're gonna have the women do what? Like they're. Just see how this is just a cultural clash that the people who are in it don't even understand. They don't even see. So I have this last, this is a statement from a dude named Broadus. Um, he doesn't, I, not that he doesn't matter, he's a person and people matter, but who he was doesn't matter, his name doesn't matter, but what he said, this attitude is what I want you to notice. 
What did he say? What stereotypes come from this problem? Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so this comes to this stereotype that's really common in the late 1800s, early 1900s with the Indian agents even, the people who are supposed to work with the natives, supposed to help them. They're all like, oh, yeah, they're lazy. Well, they're not lazy. They just don't know what to do. Good. Questions? Comments or complaints? Because they thought it was the nicest alternative to execution, annihilation, genocide. Any others?